Welcome back to another episode of the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Inferno, where at Forts Athletics we provide coaches and athletes the tools necessary that they need to accomplish their goals. And today, with uh, episode 20, what I'd like to spend some time talking about is practice and how uh, this year I'm going to set up our practices a little differently than I have in the past and the reason why. So one of our traits that I talked about in uh, my book, Thrower, Propelling Towards Greatness, is the notion of deliberate, deliberate practice and really focusing on uh, what it means to practice, like what you think about, how you set up the practice structure, and uh, so on. So um, over the course of the last couple of years uh, in Nazareth, I've spent a lot of time uh, detailing uh, specific training programs and practice sessions and how to set up practice sessions. So over the last few years, we've had uh, really elite level collegiate throwers and throwers who have never thrown before who wanted to join the team. So at times it was difficult and frustrating, I think, for myself. Well, I know it was for me and frustrating for the athletes because uh, we were trying to work on different things all the time without them actually really realizing that. So what I wanted to focus on in the book was what it meant to uh, practice deliberately, how to set up that cycle, and what we can do in practice to accommodate the needs of our athletes. And Angela Duckworth does a great job in her book, Grit, where she talks about deliberate practice and uh, where it's different than just regular practice in the sense that we actually focus on a specific aspect of what we want to get better at. Uh, So in her example, uh, her examples in her book, she spends some time talking about musicians, uh, uh, violinists, pianists, that they focus on specific things to work on during their practice sessions, where they don't just play a musical piece from start to end without um, focusing on anything, without putting that extra care, extra thought, extra love into it. And what, uh, what I've found is that there, that parallels um, athletics, right? Especially in track and throwing where one person is working on one specific thing at a time where hopefully you don't have multiple people throwing and releasing implements at the same time where it might make it a little bit more difficult. Uh, to maintain uh, safety and order and progressions and things. So what I'm going to implement with my athletes more so, and I'm going to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and give give everyone an idea of what our season's going to look like. We actually start tomorrow. It's our first day of practice at NAS. I have five freshman throwers, three of which will be beginning tomorrow, uh, two of which are wrapping up their seasons with uh, soccer and volleyball respectively. But we're going to also focus on uh, deliberate practice, obviously, when they come back uh, from their other sports. And uh, the cycle of deliberate practice, and I've written about it before, and I'll attach that blog uh, link in the, in the show notes and things, is that obviously you have to have a goal, you have to have an idea of what you want to accomplish in that particular session. So our practice sessions typically run uh, an hour and a half, two hours, depending on how many people there are, depending on if we're indoor or outdoor. There's a lot of factors that play a role into it. Um, And what we're going to spend a lot of time on 
um, leading up to specific practices over the course of, of weeks is what we're going to focus on as individuals. And in the book, there's a specific section in the, in the trait section where we talk about deliberate practice of how we can do that and what the cycle looks like. So, for example, we have athletes that are going to be starting tomorrow that have never thrown the weight before. Uh, so obviously their goal for the week or my goal for them for the week is going to be to be able to take multiple turn throws or multiple turn, yeah, multiple turn throws by uh, Friday. So that'll be our uh, fourth day of practice. So leading up to that, how are we going to get to releasing uh, hammer after four or five or six turns uh, where they've never done it before? So breaking that step down a little smaller is, okay, tomorrow, for example, we're going to focus on learn the turn. So we're going to take uh, a bunch of turns. We're going to teach how to teach the athletes how to turn. Uh, we have plates, med balls. There's a lot of other apparatus that we use in order to get the feeling of what a hammer or a weight is uh, without actually using one on the very first day. And then each practice, we focus on something a little bit different. So day one is learn the turn. Day two might be learn the turn plus releases. Day three might be learn the turn plus more releases. And day four might be a little bit of learn the turn, but a lot of releases, just as an example. So the deliberate cycle is, you know, you you pick a goal of what you're gonna do, uh, you focus on that, so you practice on just that specific aspect of what you wanna do. So in throwing, maybe you just wanna work on learn to turn, so that's the big, the big idea. Um, and that's all you focus on. So you're not really too concerned with the release and if they all go straight or uh, if they go, you know, foul or whatever. The focus is one specific aspect of the throw. So that would be the turns. And the second piece is you practice that, right? Um, and then you elicit feedback or you get feedback from a coach. So as coaches, it's our responsibility, obviously, to provide feed feedback and uh, constructive feedback, hopefully, to our athletes um, with some suggestions or some tips. Um, and that uh, then the athletes uh, incorporate those suggestions and tips and the cycle continues. So we have a goal, we practice on it, we get feedback from our coach, uh, and then we incorporate that feedback and we practice and it, and it goes on. Uh, but I'm willing to guess that most coaches don't have that conversation with their kids. Now, I don't know if it's, you don't have to go into a lot of specific details about what deliberate practice is and the research behind it and whatnot. Um, but getting athletes to really just focus on one aspect of what they're supposed to do uh, and not put too much in their minds or in their brains before they step into a circle. Uh, I try and keep each practice of one, one or two cues or one or two things that we're working on uh, per athlete. Uh, most of the time they're different cues, so it's for me obviously you got to pay attention to what who's in the circle and who's doing what because it's going to be different for everybody. Uh, but it's really, you know, having a plan with your athlete and this is going to, you're going to have to have a conversation about this. So hopefully our coaches uh, aren't afraid to initiate or even ask the question, hey, you know, what are you interested in working on this week? Or, hey, I noticed this. I think this is where we should take practice the next couple weeks because we have a big meet coming up in three weeks. And, um, you know, starting to work on these little tidbits today, it's gonna help you throw farther a month from now. And however the conversation is gonna go, like I said, I have five athletes, three of which 
um, starting tomorrow. Two of those three have thrown before. Uh, one of them has not. So we're starting over from scratch with everything. So it's going to be, our goals are going to be different. But it's important for us to, as coaches to be able to uh, communicate what those goals are from our perspective and give our athletes an opportunity to communicate what their goals are also. Um, so we, like I said, just to kind of recap with the deliberate practice, have a conversation with your athletes, talk about different goals, what you're going to be interested in working on for that particular session, how you, those sessions are going to build and scaffold upon themselves to a uh, culmination of a meet or something really finite that you're working on um, at the end of the week. Uh, practice that. Coaches provide feedback. And then the athlete incorporates that feedback into their next session and into their next goal. Uh, so if the goal is too easy, like, hey, coach, I can already turn and do releases on Monday. Okay, so then you reevaluate. So you're always having a conversation. You're kind of consistently communicating with your kids about what their goals are, uh, what they want to accomplish over the course of a day, a week, a month, and a season. Um, and again, like I said, you can read more about deliberate practice and Angela Duckworth's book called Grit. Um, Andres Erickson is a, a world-renowned professor out of Florida State. He spends a lot of time talking about or researching, excuse me, um, what it means to have peak performance and how deliberate practice plays a role in that. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell has a different perspective on deliberate practice. Uh, so his views, Malcolm's views and Andres Erickson's views are a little different, a little skewed sometimes, uh, which is okay. Uh, it's okay to have uh, positive discourse, especially in research. That's the other uh, house that I live in, uh, is research and publication and stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great resources out there. Uh, Angela's book is a paperback now, so uh, might might be a little bit more affordable. It's a real easy read. You can just kind of flip through and talk and uh, you know pick out the pieces that you want to focus on. Andres Erickson just released a book called Grit, or I'm sorry, Peak Performance, uh, about two years ago. So that's another resource for you as well, where you can look at um, what it means to have peak performance um, and other areas of life besides athletics where he talks about business and he talks about um, the world of medicine and he talks about musicians as well. Uh, so that's all for today for this episode, episode 20 of the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. Um, you know, if you have any uh, feedback about our episodes, if you uh, have any questions about content or about interviewing individuals, which is something that we or might introduce here in the future, uh, send me a message or send me a note. Uh, you can tweet at me at Charles Inferna. Same thing, Charles Inferna at Instagram. Also, uh, it's my email address, uh, all lowercase letters, charlesinferna at gmail.com. Uh, let me know what you think. If there's anything else you'd like me to talk about, other, uh, other content you'd be interested in learning more about or that could provide some value to you, please let me know. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, and have a great day.